Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee, the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter One Fifty One. Wiley, how are you, sir? Ooh, wow! Why the microaggression? What do you mean? I, how How are you, sir? Yeah, well, I, I told you my pronouns are I, me, my. <laughs> Let's try that again. Hold on. How are you? No. My pronouns are I, me, my. Well, where would I put the pronoun at there? Well, you would ask me, how am I doing today? How are you doing, sir? No, that's not what you'd ask me. You would ask me, how am I doing today? How am I doing? But then then I'm asking how I'm doing. Yeah, well, I don't care either way, so. (laughs) (laughs) Really, it's just an attempt to get people, (laughs) stop people from asking me questions. Oh, I got you. All right. It's a good good way to do it. But it works really well in court. I do love how you use the woke ideology to your benefit. Exactly. It's like when they call you and you get the da-da-da first. (laughs) Yes, on my my, uh, voicemail. Yes. (laughs) It's the disconnected tones. (laughs) That's fucking awesome. Well, it actually works on some robocalls, you know, because they hear those tones and they immediately say this is a dead number pull it from the list yeah yeah so but i still get a shitload of robocalls so it must not work on too many of them well you know yeah. little by little yeah so uh no no i'm i'm, I'm good i'm you, good you're doing yeah. good huh a little tired today didn't get a lot of sleep last night well how come you didn't get a lot of sleep last night uh, you know i was uh yeah just a little stressed out you know this whole climate change thing is really bugging me you know so it's it's hard to sleep with the you know the the weight of uh, the world on your shoulders like that <laughs> waiting for the waiting for the punchline here. No, no punchline. Yeah, yeah. No, there's so. got to be a punchline here. You don't I give have a fuck no about idea. that. Yeah, I know. I have no. You idea spray aerosol cans outside. Uh, no, I don't do that. I don't go out of my way to you know harm the environment. But you know, look at your truck. Your truck is going out of your way to harm the environment. Uh, you know, hey, look, I, I I exhale more than you know my carbon footprint. So. Yeah, that's pretty well, at least you're not taking Did you know, jets to I actually, Davos. I actually, uh, uh, well, yeah, good point. I actually uh, ran the numbers on that not too long ago. And did you know that uh, human uh, exhalation, human respiration actually contributes? I want to say the number is about three trillion. Uh, uh, what is it? Three trillion Metric pounds. Tons? Oh. No, three trillion uh, pounds of uh, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere every year. Oh God! Yeah, you know they're going to. We us, may be going to make us stop breathing. We may be the single biggest source of, of carbon <laughs> emissions. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm pretty. No, they'll allow us to keep uh, breathing. They'll probably just tax it. So, yeah, <laughs> you, you need a yeah, okay <sighs> carbon offset tax. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have a hard time getting through any type of structure of show today. I'm just feeling it's going to be one of those days. I got you. Okay. All right. Let's start with a listener quite or listener comment. Okay. And it's from Sean. We'll leave his last name uh, not there, but because um, he's a, he had a couple, two thoughts on the episode that we just did last week. 
One, Alexander Snicker claims that the podcast has a balance of silliness and deep philosophical thought. As Nikita Khrushchev would say, number one, bullshit. Go Bolts. <laughs> I, don't, so, I don't get that. I, I, think, I think his argument here is with the word deep. Oh, okay. Which, here's the thing. I don't think it's always deep philosophical thought, but I think that we can use that word sometimes. However... I kind of understand where he's coming from on that at the same time, too. So let's go to the second part, though. And this is the part where he 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 lists a whole lot of stuff out. And this is aimed really at Adrian. So Adrian Wiley, I feel, is inconsistent in his beliefs on the abortion issue. Now, of course, he's an anarchist. So I am curious how his abortion solution would work. None after 16 weeks in an anarchist society. But for the purposes of this response, I'll assume he was playing along with the current state of the world, our existing governmental structure, which I will say in all fairness that whenever you have to say something that goes along with that, you say, I'm an anarchist, so I don't think government should exist. However, right. dealing with the current structure. Yeah, yeah that's uh, my default. It has to be my default position anytime I'm talking about almost anything. Really. Yeah, yeah. So he claims that the government should not have the right to decide what to do with your own body. To this, I agree. However, then he claims that after 16 weeks, then pres uh, presumably the government has the authority to decide what you can do with your own body. To me, the only consistent stance on abortion are that you can not abort the baby after conception, the beginning of life, because it's illegal, uh, akin to murder, or you can abort the baby up to the minute before it exists in the birth canal because it's your own body. So he's basically giving the, the either-or thing. Deciding some arbitrary date that makes us feel good is not a consistent idea, especially considering science uh, could eventually get us to the point where babies are viable to the point of conception outside the womb. Then what? I believe Adrian leans pro-life in that he himself would be against abortion in his family. I think I've heard him say that. And I am the same, and I'll be honest with this one, is the most... And I'll be honest, this is the most complex issue because of the fact that the rights of one person necess necess <laughs> necessarily interfere with the rights of another, no matter which side you're on. I guess the caveat being that the woman, in most cases, did have the choice and choose to get pregnant or at a minimum not prevent it. That being said, that being the case, I'd say the possibility possibly surrender her rights in the act. So. Well, let me answer, since since the question was... Because it's aimed at you. It's, it's addressed to me. So, really, there's a three-part answer to this question. It's, um, first of all, what do I support in the world as it exists today? Okay. And that would be... And he's exactly right. This, this It's such a touchy issue because you've got two independent lives, and you have to determine which point, which life rights supersedes the others yes you know does the woman's right supersede or does the the child's right supersede and that's why i've always said that if you're going to have a demarcation in time when that happens the most logical in my mind is to say uh that it's at the point of um uh fetal viability at the point in which the fetus can survive outside the womb yeah okay and again I, I'm not married to that. I'm just saying that it's it's about the only realistic compromise I think that you can have. Yeah. Okay. However, what you word you just said right there, and I want to I want to I want to stress that is that you said compromise. Right. Yeah. And it is it is essentially a compromise. Okay. Um, now, uh, so that's that's basically how I feel with our existing government. And if there are going to be laws, and there has to be a law on this, then that's where the law should be. Um, in my personal life, no, I absolutely, you know, I'd I'd like to have a you know a, another. 
uh, you know, a bunch of kids running around if I could. So in my personal life, I don't support abortion. I, I would, you know, but again, I would also take a certain to a certain degree an approach that it's not my body either. So ultimately, while my input would be no, if my wife in this case were to say I'm going to have an abortion, I don't know that I would yeah, obviously not use force to stop her. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because ultimately, the, I think that does become her decision. You would use persuasion. Yes, yes. Now, to try. The, the final part of the question, it, it, and this is where I think there's the biggest disconnect. Um, it says, uh, of course, he's an anarchist, so I'm curious how his abortion solution would work, none after 16 weeks, in an anarchist society. That right there is the biggest fundamental flaw in people's thinking about this. And it's kind of an indication that people really can't understand what that world would be like in an anarchist society not my circus not my monkeys okay there are no rules so guess what some people are going to decide to abort their baby you know and i don't believe that i have any authority whatsoever and i don't want to put anyone else in authority to speak on my behalf to force that person to do something unless i am going to take total responsibility for the situation now if this were a situation where i were to come in and say that i will take 100 percent responsibility for the child i would try to persuade that woman only if i personally was willing to take responsibility for the child yeah but see that's the thing is that in the society i believe it's just a whole bunch of individuals working in their own self-interest and again that there aren't solutions to these things you know, it's it's kind of a messy but free world, you know, and there are people who are going to do bad things and there are people who are going to do things that you don't like and you just have to, you know, suck it up and deal with it. And and that's really the, the bottom line here. It's the entire <laughs> it's ironic because I spent a lot of years telling people not to vote for the lesser evil. But in my mind, anarchy is the lesser evil to government because the evils that occur in anarchy are always on such a smaller scale. We don't have the evils of entire nations committing genocide. You know, we don't have the evils of an entire race of people being subjugated. You, you see what I'm saying? We don't have those type of evils without government. So if you want a world void of government, you have to accept the fact that there are going to be people that do things in their own spheres that you deem as evil. Yeah. And you just have to accept that. And so that's where I think the biggest disconnect is. I have a lot of people ask me that sort of thing is, well, how would you solve this in an anarchist society? You don't. You don't. Yeah. And that's really the bottom line. You know. Well, but 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 also, though, that you you acknowledge that no one can, which right. also means that the government can't solve that problem either. Yes, exactly. And, and they've they essentially government has failed to solve almost every problem they've ever tried to solve. And in so many cases, they just make it worse. Yeah. You They're know? pouring gasoline on the fire. Exactly. They, and trying to tell you it's water. Right. So. So there's there's this concept out there that anarchists believe that the world is just going to be sunshine and rainbows in, in this utopian society. No, it's not. That's what I always say. Anarchy is messy. Um, anarchy is dangerous. Uh, but it's just messy in a completely different way and dangerous in a completely different way than the world we live in now. Well, and it's 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 a more manageable, messy and dangerous on an individual level. 
Well, and the other thing I would that I would say about about anarchy is that the part about voluntary association is a big key to it. Like there will be people that feel obligated to help their fellow man. Yeah. And will do so within a structure, a voluntary structure, you know, like a church or like a civic group or whatever you want to call it, right? That they will utilize that structure in order to help their fellow man. And I believe that that will be better for society than any government welfare program that they've ever come up with. Not necessarily. You know, people are still going to die of starvation. No, you're right. People are still going to die of diseases. People are still going to commit crimes. You know, but the the difference is the the one major difference is that you will eliminate the monopoly of force. Yes. And all the greatest evils that have ever, ever occurred in the history of mankind have all been committed by governmental entities using the monopoly of force. And that's really the bottom line. So essentially, by erasing that, you're just taking the world from a world that has potentially, you know, catastrophic and genocidal type evils to a world which only has individual evils. And it's a lot easier to defend yourself and protect yourself from those individual evils. Yeah. Yeah. People are still going to die, but, you know, people are going to die. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just happens. So but the the concept of 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 wars and uh, mass oppression and, and, you know, mass famine and things like that almost by definition can't happen without government. Yeah. Yeah. You know, without the monopoly of force. Yeah. So well, and the, that's kind of where the thing I stand. Too, and that. also, and there are good people in the world that are going to try to look out for their fellow man. Right. And the best way to do that is for the government to get the fuck out of the way and let people organize themselves however they see fit. But we know that's never going to happen. So the, the next way that that's going to happen would be through uh, people rising up and uh, using force against the government. And guess what? <laughs> a, a new poll out. And uh, for the record, I do not condone that sort of thing. Uh, that's why my ideal scenario is a, uh, a solar flare, which just takes out all our t- technology and you know eviscerates any type of social structure. So we have to start over and rebuild it on a very small scale. Yep. Um, but anyway, um, one quarter of the American voting public is ready to take up arms against the government. Yeah. This was actually a very, very surprising poll uh, because it's becoming more and more of a bipartisan issue. Thank you, Supreme Court. Yeah, right? (laughs) Right. Every institution's helping out here. Uh, They all are. Absolutely. Now, let me read a little bit of it. Uh, More than one quarter of U.S. residents feel so estranged from their government that they feel that it might soon be necessary to take up arms against it, a poll released on Thursday claimed. A survey of 1,000 registered U.S. voters published by the University of Chicago's Institute of Politics also revealed that most Americans agree the government is corrupt and rigged against everyday people like me. The data suggests uh, that extreme polarization in U.S. politics and its impact on Americans' relationship with each other remain strong. These statistics come as a congressional committee is holding public hearings on the January 6th insurrection. This deadly attack at the U.S. Capitol stemmed from the false partisan pro-Donald Trump belief that Joe Biden did not win the 2020 election. Rioters attempted to thwart certification of the election and never to keep Trump in office. Although the violent insurrection has targeted Republicans and Democrats alike, GOP Trump loyalists have insisted that the committee is illegitimate. These attacks on the committee itself after Trump staffers themselves, including former Attorney General Bob Barr, publicly described his efforts to push the big lie that the president election was stolen. 
Survey indicates that distrust in government varies amongst party lines. While 50% of participants say they generally trust elections to be conducted fairly and counted accurately, Republicans, Democrats, independents were dramatically split on the point. Nearly 80% of Democrats voted to overall trust in the elections, but that number dipped to 51 since, uh, 51% among independents and a mere 33% among Rep- of Republicans. Per the poll, 49% of Americans concurred that they more and more feel like a stranger in my own country. Again, this number reflected sharp political divisions. The sentiment was held by 69% of self-describing strong strong Republicans and 65% of self-described very conservative persons and 38% of strong Democrats. Now, hang on. And the reading's getting too much. Okay. But this next sentence is the one I really wanted to focus on. Of the 28% of voters who felt it might soon be necessary to, quote, take up arms against the government, uh, 37% had guns in their homes. Oh, that wasn't the one I was looking for. Uh, One third of Republicans, including 45, well, first of all, hang on a second. Yeah, no, let's talk about that first. What what are the other 63% going to do? Hold on. Here's the the (laughs) thing, by the way. Like, yeah, if you're thinking about taking up arms against the government, shouldn't you go buy some guns? You better go get some. Yeah. Like only 37%. Here's the thing. Hold on. Maybe this is is that they didn't want to answer that question honestly, and right. so maybe it's a yeah. lot tall, n- n- bigger than that. I, I, that's I honestly believe the number is much much higher than that because of the fear in answering that question. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which which is why, for example, in Russia, you know, Putin has eighty seven percent support. Yeah. You know, because uh, people are afraid of saying they don't support him. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, and you're starting to get that feel now here more in america especially answering a poll like this Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but the next one is of the 28 percent of voters who felt it might soon be necessary to take up arms against the government uh oh i'm sorry i'm reading the same one one third of republicans including 45 percent of strong republicans hold this view um 35 percent of independent voters and 20 percent of democrats also agreed so this has really become a bipartisan issue, essentially. Uh, when you've got a th- a, a, a th- essentially uh, more than a third of independents, um, you know, uh, a third of Republicans and 20 percent of Democrats, that's pretty much across the board. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it does indicate that probably uh, after the overthrow, we'll have a fascist government instead of a communist one. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's yeah, neither here nor there. Let, let's get the ball rolling. And we'll see what happens. But yeah. uh, I think that the, the most likely scenario and this is becoming more and more realistic. You know, it's it's actually hard to for us to imagine a world which the United States could actually evolve into civil a civil war and it's not going to be anything like the uh you know the first civil war yeah no nothing like nothing that. like that we're not going to have armies of people meeting each other on the battlefield obviously no um, small skirmishes it's going to be small skirmishes and and states the, the nice thing about the united states is it's already subdivided so yeah. there's only you know i can imagine where the united states breaks up into five or six different parts yeah you know what i'm saying um you know the uh the, the West Coast, obviously, will be the People's Republic of California. Actually, it'll be the new California uh, Republic. You know, they'll have two bear head, a bear with two heads on their flag. And, you know, um, pr- patrolling the Mojave will make you almost wish for a nuclear winner. Yes. Yeah. You have no idea what I'm talking about. There's a, there's about three listeners that got that reference, and they really enjoyed it. Uh, but, you know. The, nice. <laughs> the, you're welcome. The, you're welcome. Uh, the nation will break down into uh, uh, various components. And, and I, I think you'll have. You know, everything from 
uh, you know, it, it, Central Texas fascism to, uh, you know, uh, California West Coast communism to New England uh, oligarchical whatever elitism. Wait, do you, you know, think there's any place that's going to be libertarian? The free state of Florida, I, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah, right. You're just hoping you're in the right state for this. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I think I got a good argument for it. This goes into the next story. Amid dip, deepening divisions, U.S. no longer seen as a beacon of light around the world. Yeah, no shock so, there. Uh, people care about their image, how others perceive them, so do nations. Every nation extends its values and interests onto the world stage. Generating public opinion, how citizens and government respond to a nation positively or negatively can impact the nation's power and influence, both real and perceived. In that, or that in turn affects a policy and people, how we live in, within the global community, in short, what others think of us. On to that complex public opinion vortex comes a new report from Pew Research, which has been measuring international attitudes for decades. The finding of this new Pew survey on international perceptions of the United States, Europe, and North American Treaty Organization include critical data of all of us, especially Americans. Pew data were collected from February this year through the third week of May, a critical window when things were changing across the globe. Um, on February 24th, Russia began a full-scale military assault on Ukraine, leading to a massive refugee. Okay, you're killing me here. Yeah. Uh, skip to the chase. What's, uh, what's the percent? First, the good news. Well, let's go. First, the good news. Uh, international public opinion of the United States remained positive in the 18 developed countries surveyed, according to the report. Most global citizens say the U.S. is a reliable partner. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they're watching. And ratings for President Biden are mostly positive. NATO's image is positive and improving even amongst countries such as Sweden, which is not yet a member. Now they are, though. Unsurprisingly, the view of Russia, which we have blamed for the troubles in Europe, is negative, negative and falling. Of course, by the way. In 10 countries, 10% or less of those polled, favor, uh, polled expressed a favorable position of Russia. Positive views towards uh, Putin in her own single digits and more than half the countries polled. But there's a corollary story about America and the devil's in the details. Over the past couple of years, advanced nations have found reasons to be very concerned about the health of American democracy. In 2021, more than half of the people in most nations surveyed said democracy... And the U.S. used to be a good example for other nations to follow, but no longer is. Large majorities in nearly all nations polled believe that there are strong conflicts in America among supporters of different political parties. No, no doubt shit, about that. Right? Yeah. And although Biden is still well-liked around the world, his approval ratings have slipped since 2021 is with confidence in his leadership dropping significantly in 13 countries. Okay, hold on. Who the fuck thought Biden, by the way, was a good leader considering he's almost fucking dead, by the way? Okay, well, when you, <laughs> from their perspective, when you contrast him to Trump, I mean, puddle, uh, puddle in the desert, man. I guess so. You know, uh, falling twenty percent percentage points or more in Italy, Greece, Spain, Singapore, and France. Biden's drop is bigger than what Obama experienced in his second year. Some of that drop may reflect disappointment over the way U.S. evacuated from Afghanistan, how we handled COVID nineteen in the U.S. economy. So it basically, look, the rest of the world's watching what we're doing, and they're not happy. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Well, I don't really give a fuck either because, I mean, what I would want to see, probably they would not be happy with, but. Well, yeah, and yeah. guess guess what? They're all going to run to hide behind uh, our skirt as soon as, uh, you know, <laughs> somebody starts shelling them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what, no matter what they got to say, it's uh, like we're protecting all their asses. So, yeah. All right, so now let's get back into the abortion thing. So there's a couple other things in the abortion debate that I thought was kind of funny, and I, I'm. Um, Representative Miller thanks Trump for victory for white life. Campaign says she misread the remarks. Now, 
so there was a uh, U.S. Rep. Mary Miller immediately draw fierce backlash on social media and elsewhere on uh, at a Saturday night rally with former President Trump when she credited him for the Supreme Court uh, overturning Roe versus Wade, calling it a victory for white life. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> I'm sure it was. But here's the thing, though. I don't know who this. How in the fuck can you say that? I don't know who this woman is, but she looks like the definition of a Karen. Yeah, I mean, oh, no, no, absolutely, by the way. Totally, absolutely. Yeah. But I just thought it was like, you know, come on now, man. Like, seriously. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a victory as much for white life because they kill a lot more black and brown babies than they do white babies. Right. Yeah, you would think all the white supremacists would be uh, uh, loving, uh, uh, you know, this or hating this because, uh, you know. Uh, most of the, uh, I don't think it's most, but proportionally more um, blacks and Hispanics and, and, you know, are aborted than white kids. Yeah. You know, so if, if anything, <laughs> that's the thing, like we talked about last week, if you're worried about, uh, you know, the, the whole white replacement theory thing, yeah, then you should probably be very much pro-choice. Yeah. You know, you would think, but it doesn't seem that way. So, now, and, it, and, and again, in some of these people's minds, they are protecting white life. I, and again, I think that was probably more of a, a, uh, a Freudian slip than it was a, uh, anything else. Yeah. Oh, know? no, I definitely think it was a Freudian slip. Now, also, and now, so because of the abortion debate and what, what Thomas wrote is that there's a lot of people that think they're going to go after a bunch of the other laws like the, um, uh, the gay marriage law and things like that. And to add fuel to the fire, Attorney General uh, Ken Paxton says he will defend Texas's sodomy law if Supreme Court revisits Lawrence versus Texas. And again, right. there shouldn't be a fucking right. sodomy law anyway. Uh, you want to fuck somebody in the ass, fuck them in the ass. It, it, it's amazing that we're having this discussion in 2022. Well, and it's it amazing really that is. guys like this are just like, yeah, we're going to defend. Right. What do you this, care? This comment what do alone, you care? I never would vote for you. Well, yeah. But I'm not going to vote for you anyway. But. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's just absolute insanity. But it does look like, man, I, I, again, the, the Supreme Court is just any credibility and any respect for them that I might have just, you know, had a, a, still a modicum of is just absolutely gone at this point. Because, you know, again, no matter what you think about abortion, this is them overturning a codified enshrined constitutional right that's been in place for 50 years and now they're going to go after and it looks like they are going this way now someone has to challenge it and i'm sure there'll be plenty of states that are willing to put some type of case together where they can it means they got it's got to get heard too though and i don't think it's going to get heard Oh, no, I think it will get heard. You've got a Supreme Court that the majority wants to tackle these issues. That's what they're saying. See, I don't they think wanna... the majority do, though. Well, it's... I think Thomas does, but I well, don't think Thomas the rest clearly of them does. Do. And I don't understand from Thomas's perspective because he's going down a path that would lead to, honestly, the repeal of, of uh, you know, interracial marriage. Uh, you know, and I mean, he didn't he's men- in one. Here's the thing. He didn't he didn't mention that in his in his. Um... Uh, in his uh, uh, response and like whatever he wrote, but he should have, if he was going to be ideologically consistent because all of those rights are based on the same underlying principle, which is the right to privacy and the right to the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. So that's the underlying principle behind them. So if you start and it looks like there is at least from Thomas's perspective, and I think probably more 
uh, there's a um, a pattern in place where it looks like they want to go after all of these right to privacy and pursuit of happiness type rights that we've had. Yeah. You know, and abortion was probably the, the most gray area one there. But, you know, I, I think gay marriage and sodomy laws. I mean, come on. That's just blatantly that you have that you have the right in your life to choose whoever you want to marry whoever you want to, you know, engage in consensual sex with that. That shouldn't even be well here, a consideration. Okay, look, when it comes to the marriage thing, in all reality, neither side is fighting correctly on this one. Because well, yeah. the real the real thing is you should get government out of it altogether. Of course. And the only thing the government should do if there if there is going to be a government is recognize it. Recognize contracts. Yeah. If anything, recognize contracts and make sure everybody gets a prenup ahead of time. And you're good. Yeah. Well, again, it, it, this is this is on the um, you know the the legal fiction we'll call it that government should exist. But in the case where government should exist, all these things should be completely lawful enshrined rights. Yeah. You know, like it shouldn't even be a question. Yeah. They, like what what two people be do in their bedroom, right. Is their business, not right. yours. Yeah. Who someone chooses to spend their life with is their business, not yours. Yeah. And, you know? and how many people they choose to spend it with is right. their business. Right. Well, that's still not legal, but you know. Yeah. It, it it's more and more a thing obviously it's a, totally a thing yeah but uh yeah. let's get into the third part here so now we're going to finally have some the pro uh, the pro-choice people <laughs> are going to be with us on the data collection thing <laughs> right don't download that app um yeah so apparently uh, there's a, a several apps out there um which uh track uh women's uh menstrual Men- cycles yeah yeah and uh, god of all things what the hell are you women thinking why would you put that data in, data in an app? But you know, of course, now there's concern. Excuse me, that these uh, these app companies will turn over that data to law enforcement. <clears throat> and in reality, here's the thing: they don't even need to turn it over to law enforcement because what they end up doing is they can, they can take a, a hard line and say we're not going to turn over any data to law enforcement. But what they do is they bundle that del- data and then send it to third party resellers, and then the resellers sell it to police and they can well, say the resellers sell it to whoever's going to buy it exactly and th- that includes police and mm-hmm. and they don't stop you know when someone orders a certain data set they don't say oh do you have a warrant no they're just like yeah somebody bought something yep you know and that's it a- and that's how the the data broke you know those ads online i think they're for uh apple or you know for the privacy where the girl goes in and they're auctioning off her data yeah <laughs> even though that's it's ridiculous and apple's tool really does almost nothing to combat that um it is an accurate, you know, uh, metaphor for what really goes on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so, yeah, it's 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 good to see that at least, uh, you know, some people who probably never would have really thought about the dangers of, you know, data collection on them all of a sudden realize that, oh, shit, you know, this can actually land me in jail. So hold on. But I do have a question about this one because I read the article and it, it gave me a major question. Mm-hmm. And the major question is this. Did they not answer because they would do it, or did they not answer because they wouldn't do it? Who did not answer? None of the tech companies actually answered whether they give the data to the government or not. Well, here, here's But did th- they not answer it because they won't do it or because they would do it? Um, I think they didn't answer because they would do it. Because they would. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I you, mean, they may, they may do it through a circuitous route, um, or they, uh, you know, may publicly try to fight it, but ultimately, if the government comes after the data, they're getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just, like I said, I was just curious on that one. Now. Yeah, and it, it kind of 
segues into another one um, that, uh, um, well, let me just tell a little story. I, I bought something on Amazon this week that's actually kind of a gross thing. I bought this earwax remover, right? <laughs> and uh, it has a little camera and a light on it. You know, it's kind of like what the, uh, the, the doctor uses. <coughs> and uh, you have to get a phone app in order to make it work because it's got a camera on it and you look on your phone and you can go in and clean your ears and you know pull out the wax and and see what you're doing at the same time okay and turns out my ears are remarkably clean by the way now go figure i thought i had a ton of wax in my ear they were but you know perfectly clean it was a beautiful thing which shocked the hell out of me i was expecting to you know be able to put something on youtube that was one of those gross out videos but no there's nothing in there but anyway i digress so this of course i got it for 30 bucks on amazon so you know it's made in china right of course the app is chinese and i realized that yeah this is total and utter spyware just complete unbelievable spyware so i'm like oh shit so what i'm going to do now so i realized oh shit i got a stack of old cell phones laying around so i just actually grabbed an old cell phone that has uh you know has been completely wiped has no uh sim card uh, put it on the network briefly to download the app, take it off the network, go to VPN so they never have any traceability, then install the app, and then can I can pair the uh, the device with the uh, the phone without having any potential uh, loss. But that, I think, is actually a good idea for people to do if they want to use these apps, have a completely separate phone for that app that's not tied to anything but Wi-Fi, and you don't have install any of your accounts on it or any other information, you can use it semi uh you know, kind of, it, it's like a burner phone for the apps you want to use. Yeah. You know, and it's only specifically for that, but never connect it to your cellular network, never connect it to anything that personally identifies you, you know, so, and keep location off and keep the network off, except when you're using it. I, and again, it goes to my level of paranoia, but uh, at least my ears are clean. So, um, so here, here's the thing though. This brought up the next article when I, I switched the order a little bit here about how to scrub yourself from the internet the best you can, the best that you can. I do think personally, Adrian, that you are missing out on a golden money-making opportunity. Yeah. And we've talked about this on air before, but I'm going to reiterate it to you right now. If you were to say for like, I don't even know. And again, I don't know what price you would put on it, but I think that you could put a price on it to where it would be like a training on how to basically best secure yourself from everything along with some services like scrubbing people off the internet as best as they can. Right. That I think that you would be a millionaire. Eh, I don't want to do it, though. I know you don't want to do it. Yeah. The The main reason that I don't want to do it is because people lack the discipline to follow it through. Yeah. Yeah, That's but I don't care about to. that as much because they'd still pay you the money. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of, I, I, I don't know, I just don't want to do that i know you know i know you don't a, I, know and you I, don't. I recognize that it's it's a it would be a a good business opportunity but uh i'll stick to the abortion boat you know i got you I'm sticking to the abortion <laughs> i'm putting i'm putting all my money in in the uh the shrimp and boat <laughs> oh no oh you went there again please don't go there again that is just this it's the worst visual it's the worst visual it was like that it was like i remember i called you this week too because that somebody was like you because you put up that post about how the, the, there's the conflict between the the baby fighting to life in the womb, 
It was the post that you made. Oh, shit. I don't even remember that. Okay, hold on. So let me let me explain it. <laughs> what the hell did so I say? you had the woman's right to kill oh, the baby. Oh, right, Along right. with the baby's yeah. right to you right, know, yeah. to defend I, okay, itself. I remember that now. All I was thinking of like was like a baby Rambo putting on a freaking bandana, right? Right. Oh, yeah. And carrying like a 60, a, a 60 cal or whatever <laughs> yeah. inside the womb and start blowing it up. Like it was a combination of Rambo and aliens right. that was in my head listening to this. Like when I, when I read what you wrote, I'm like, Right. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah. Like that's totally a fucking uh, that's thing. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. Well, right. it worked, and I got to tell you, man, I was a little. Uh, <laughs> I was very gross. I was grossed out, but at the same time, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, holy shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. That that I, I remember that post now. That was just totally designed to offend people. And well, I, it was. Yeah. You and did you lose anybody over that one? I hope so. Uh, <laughs> no, you didn't. No, we talked about it though. I don't it was think very I did. Low. I don't, you know I don't why? Know. Because you've already cleared out as many as you're going to clear I, out that I, way. I don't think I logged back on for several days after I posted that, so I'm not even sure. Oh, okay. Know? So, But uh, anyway, in, uh, along those same lines, uh, of course, we're learning that, and again, we're not learning this, but uh, the headline of this article is, Police Sweep Google Searches to Find Suspects. The tactic is facing its first legal challenge. Finally, finally, someone is challenging this, that police can't go, or potentially, um, you know, a, a case may be, um, you know, uh, someone may be acquitted because the evidence gathered from Google from their search history may not be allowed in court. And this is, again, it's like we're talking about, you know, law enforcement is just, just you know, pulling everything they can from big data. And so now what they do is if they have a crime um, in a certain area, they go to Google and say, give me everyone who searched for these keywords in this geographic area around this time. Yeah. And let's say, uh, you know, I don't know, someone was poisoned. Okay. And you happen to, you know, have a rat problem and you're looking up poisons. Okay. You are all of a sudden a suspect in this crime. You know, which is why you absolutely now chances are the person who did it was looking up poison too. You know, but um, you know, honestly, if they had half a brain, they were probably covering their tracks. So the everyone who was looking it up was looking it up for, you know, innocent reasons. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But this is, again, why it's so important to protect your data. But, um, yeah, so a teen charged with setting a fire that killed five members of a Senegalese immigrant family in Denver, Colorado, has become the first person to challenge police use of Google search histories to find someone who might have committed a crime, according to his lawyers. Um, so it's it's nice to see. The pushback against the surveillance tool known as a reverse keyword search is being closely watched by privacy and abortion rights activists who are concerned that it could soon be used to investigate women who search for information about obtaining an abortion in states where the procedure is illegal, Um, which, of course, it will be, you know. Um, So, again, it's it's just another example of of how important it is to protect your data because you may become a suspect in a, a felony without, you know, even knowing it. And, uh, and, and, you know, for, for no other reason than you search for something that uh, might have been, you know, related to that in some way. Um, so it's good to see that this is going to be challenged in court. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to see that. Okay, let me ask you a question as it relates towards this. Okay. They're doing this not knowing a suspect and looking for a suspect. Correct. If they had the suspect, then they could get a, a warrant to do what that person looked up. That would and that would help bolster their case. That would at least be constitutional. But what they're doing now is blatantly unconstitutional. This is a dragnet search. Yeah. This is in order to identify their suspect pool. 
you know yeah that's what this is for um so yeah they they don't do it with uh you know because again if they're if they said this is our suspect uh, we have a warrant google we want you to provide us with all the internet searches for this time period for this person that would be a whole different story but they're going in there and they're just buying the data and that's that's really the disconnect is the fact that anyone can buy this data yeah yeah so now this takes me to the next thing would this get adrian to vote this is a the, I, I was curious to see the answer is no well hold on though let me read <laughs> there's nothing that would get me to vote some some sheriff's candidates run on not enforcing certain laws more than a dozen candidates campaigning to be top law enforcement officials in counties across Colorado are running on a unique platform, not enforcing the law. These candidates fit the profile of a loose movement, sometimes referred to as constitutional sheriffs. Again, it's funny how right. <laughs> it's really funny, by the Everything way, comes back around how huh? we were involved in stuff like this years ago. Yeah. 10, and 12 now years it's coming ago. now. Yeah. Whose members promise to act as a bulwark against government overreach and laws passed by state legislatures that they deem illegal. At the top of the list of Colorado is the red flag law that gives judges the ability to order the temporary seizure of guns from people considered a threat to themselves and others. Some also reject the legitimacy of the 2020 presidential election. Oh, my God. And coronavirus precautions, issues that have become... Again, you put those two things together, which really sucks, by the way. Well, yeah, the the AP is, is trying to create a profile of these type of people as those type of people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they use they use the you know that that part with it. So. Right. So that's that's purely that's purely spin in this article. I will say that this is one of those things where I I would love to have found a candidate running for um uh sheriff in a county but I would have told them to just focus on and focus like a crazy person on victim crimes. And talk about victim crimes all the time. What are you talking about? We supported several sheriffs like that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying is that to run one that was. Yeah. Look, we found guys Nick that Finch, we liked. Scott Swope. I mean, there was a lot of them that we yeah, supported yeah. over the years that were doing very close to this. Yeah. yeah. That said wouldn't enforce unconstitutional laws. Well, instead of focusing on not. And ironically, them. back in the day, most of those guys were oath keepers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's funny. honestly, that's how. <laughs> It is funny that that is kind of where the kind of the genesis of the whole constitutional sheriff movement was back in the day with Oath Keepers. Yeah, yeah, the sheriff Mac. Yeah, yeah, so he's still alive. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah, he's still alive though. Yeah, he's on the Trump train. Yeah, that's a shame. Another, another one, another one. Yeah, yeah. I never understood it myself, but you know. Anyway, all right. So let's get into this next one though, which I mean, again, this is you want to talk about like. How in the fuck does this happen? Oh, uh, what are you talking about? How, how does this not happen every day? Well, no, 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 no. Like, at this <coughs> point, they'll even kill their own if they're just faking right. being on the other side? Yeah. So the LAPD was doing essentially crowd control exercises um, where they, you know, half of the LAPD, they simulated an angry mob and the other half was there to, you know, crush them, essentially. Yes. And they did. And they actually beat one of their own officers to death. Yeah. In this exercise. Beat him to death. Uh, Los Angeles Police Department has been hit with a wrongful death lawsuit after an officer was beaten to death in a training exercise meant to simulate a mob attack. uh, Officer Houston Tipping was uh, repeatedly struck in the head severely enough that he bled during a training activity. 
a lawsuit filed by his mother, Shirley Huffman, alleges. Tipping 32 was left with multiple breaks in his neck and suffered a catastrophic spinal injury, which caused his death, the suit claims. The five-year LAPD veteran also obtained multiple injuries that required stitches. Um, so the department said uh, Tipping was injured while grappling with another officer and referred to his death as a horrible accident. Okay. All I got to say is you practice like you play and you'll play like you practice <laughs> because that's what they're doing here because that's what happens when they go out in the real world and that's what happens when you have a bunch of, you know, pit bulls essentially and you get them all worked up. You know? Yeah. Some of these guys can't pull it back. You know, some of these guys are just rage machines, you know, and this is what happens. I mean, look, if you're doing you, for example, you're black belt in karate, right? Mm -hmm. You do a lot of sparring. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know how far you can take it when you're still doing a training exercise. You know how to pull those punches, essentially, so that you're not, you know, really doing severe damage to someone. Yeah. And you also know that at a certain point, you know, you may have crossed that line a little bit. You need to back it down. Immediately. Yeah, or, or immediately or someone's going to get hurt. I don't think a lot of these guys, and again, I'm not blanket saying cops, but there are plenty of cops who don't have that. They All they know is is they get into rage mode and they just keep escalating. And, they, you know, how many times have you seen it interacting with the public? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it happens all the time. Right. I mean, it happens. It happens way more frequently than it should, and that's the thing about this story that I thought was like it was. It was almost very telling. This part of the about the story is if you are doing a training exercise, and the result of that training exercise in something that's crowd control is that you killed one of those people, then your training is bad. Right. Like, yeah. you shouldn't do any of what you're doing. Yet. Yeah, because if that's what's happening, it's going to happen out there, too. It's going to get... Here's the thing. It's going to be worse out there right. for the reason that you just described. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But, and and, to, and for nobody to get arrested for this? Oh, of course not. Of course like, not. For that cop to not be immediately fucking fired? Well, others were injured, too. So he wasn't the only one that was injured during this exercise. You know? But he was the only one that died. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it just... It, absolutely astounding but no, actually it's not that astounding it's this is just it's really it's par for the course especially for LAPD. I mean, here's the thing i gotta tell you this one really surprised me though like you're gonna kill your own even like you guys are so bad at this that you're gonna kill your own yeah i yeah. thought they would be better than they were i saw a video uh this week which was a couple of guys uh, protesting police brutality outside a police station right mm -hmm. so you had a couple of cops come up and say you know uh yeah you, you can't be in here you're trespassing and they're like yeah this public property we have first minute right we can be here you know so there's the confrontation going on then it's all right give me your driver's license no you don't need my driver's license what's crime am i suspected of trespassing well you can't trespass me off a, a, a you know public property mm -hmm. and so uh the guy goes all right you're going to jail and he reaches out to grab the, the guy starts running right <laughs> and so the the cop's chasing after him he's trying to deploy a taser now this remember this isn't like out front of the police department yeah so some of the cops from outside see what's going on and they start to come out and so the the protester circles all the way back <laughs> like back to where he was originally like where all the rest of the cops were and it was the most amazing thing because here you have these two cops deploying trying to deploy a taser chasing this suspect quote unquote and all these other cops stand there and do nothing because the one leading the group says, points to the other cop chasing him, says, stop, stop it right now. Okay. And he goes to the cop and, and it was immediately 
Everything de-escalated. Everybody stopped running. The, the taser was put down. And he says, look, what are you doing here? Well, he's, he's, he's obstructing, he's resisting arrest. What are you arresting him for? Trespassing. I was, I was trying to get his identification. Well, you, you have no reason to, he's not trespassing. He's exercising his First Amendment rights. This is a public property. You know, so like the, the lead cop just de-escalated that quick. It was that instant. Mm -hmm. Even though this was a heated situation. You know, taser, 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 get down, get down on the ground. You know, it was that whole just totally wildly escalated. And this one cop who had authority and was in control just said, stop. And literally everything stopped. And the guy told the cop, you're doing everything wrong. Turns to the guy, he goes, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's cool. You're, you're exercising your rights. And he tells this one cop, stop. You're totally in the wrong. And it just, everything stopped. And it, I, for me, it reminded me of breaking up disputes between my kids. You know? Yeah. It was, it was that kind of thing. And to me, it seems like that's all we need in law enforcement is some adults. You know, because how instantly it de-escalated. It was it really amazing. I'll, I'll put a link well, up to it's it. It's one of those things you know? where if you had police officers that understood their job. Right. And that those people that are out there are not your enemy. They're the ones that you're supposed to protect. Right. And if they would to do that. Well, no, <laughs> they don't have to protect anybody. We know that. Well, no, 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 no. You're right. They have no constitutional author, author, uh, responsibility to, to do that. Right. However, in the spirit of the law, they should be doing that. Right. But to see what they're doing, like, there would be so much more respect for police officers if that's what you would do. Like, if somebody wants to protest, let them fucking protest. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, if it were, you know, it, it's unfortunately like the, the, the guy in, in charge of the situation, the sergeant or lieutenant, whatever he was, if we had more guys like that, yeah. you know. That would if, just if, step up if, at that if time. If that was the entire force... I would have so much less problem with law enforcement. Yeah. Because they would handle things, in, for the most part, in the right way. Mm -hmm. You know? And, look, this guy was being a pain in the ass or chanting. It was a nuisance. It was annoying. It would have, you know, if I'm a cop, I put myself in that situation. Ah, these fuckers. But, you know, by the same token, you know, that's the way the world works. That's the, the rights that we have. You're a public. You know? Here's the right. thing. You are a public servant. You right. are getting paid by the taxpayers, which means <laughs> right. if the taxpayers aren't happy and they want to fucking yell at you, tough shit, deal with it. But unfortunately, we have it, it, we have many, many fewer of that type of cop and a lot more that will even beat their colleagues to death if they get too riled up. Yep. You no, know? You're absolutely right. And that's where we live in with the police. Now, you put another one in here. NYPD is posing as Amazon and FedEx drivers to arrest sexual offenders on the subway. Yeah. Yeah. I got to think this is really pissing. So what you've got here is you've got a couple of, quote unquote, undercover cops patrolling the subways and they're dressed as FedEx drivers and Amazon drivers. You know, like they're just what they're doing is obviously they're undercover. They're trying to make it look like they're not in any type of, you know, uh, they're not cops in any way, but they're probably also making it so they can easily identify each other. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But they're using actual FedEx and Amazon uniforms. And I got to thinking that this is going to if I were in charge of FedEx or Amazon, I would be very, very pissed off at, at this because it is going to sow a lot of distrust and anger towards their drivers. It's going to be dangerous for their drivers because now people see a FedEx driver in a FedEx uniform. They think, oh, fuck, is that a cop? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> see, I think it would have the opposite effect, though. Really? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think that people are going to will not attack that person thinking that they're a cop, possibly, right? And then once they find out that they're just a regular person doing that, then, you know, like nobody's got the problem. Nobody's got a problem with the FedEx driver. Yet. Well, but I don't think they're going to I don't think this is going to start a problem with the FedEx drivers per se. Well, actually when the 28% of Americans take up arms, the FedEx drivers and uh, Amazon guys are going to be the first targets. <laughs> think about okay. it. All right. Think all right, about all right. it. All right, I'll go with that one. I'll go with that one. This seems like it's only being done in transit though. It's only being done in the just, transit yeah, system. Yeah, it just it's like fuck you NYPD. Just stop. Just stop. Well, here's the thing. If you just put if you put, put a hoodie on you know, yeah, like right. you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need to be an Amazon driver right. or a FedEx yeah. driver. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I, I wonder if there's anything that they can do, like Amazon and FedEx, to stop the cops from doing that. And I'm thinking probably not. What are they going to have them do? Arrested for impersonating a driver? <laughs> you know. I mean, they could sue them. They could sue them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know for, if it would work or not for but. trademark infringement. I guess might be. Yeah, but if there's no commercial gain, I don't think they can do that. Yeah. So, yeah, just fucking cops, man. Yeah. You know, just stop. All right. So let's move to the next subject here. And so the Supreme Court made a bunch of other decisions, not just the Roe versus Wade decision. And the first one was that the Supreme Court backs a coach in praying on the field after games. So there was a coach in, I think it was Kansas or something like that, that was after the game was over, he would go to the 50-yard line and he would pray. Right. And some of the students would go out there and pray with him. Right. And also students from the other team would go out there and pray with him. Right. Nobody's forced to do it. Right. They were just going out there to do it. The school, although I think it was in Oregon. But the school had a problem with this, so they fired him for it. Right. And then the, 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 the coach sued, and it made it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ultimately ruled that he's allowed to do this. Right. Which I do think was the correct move here. Yeah. Because, you know, and if you listen to some people, like, here's the thing. I think that these cases expose some people for being, like, super anti-religious and try to use the separation of church and state in order to, to bolster their argument, which I think is bullshit. Mm. Well, it, there's also the the case of all or none, you know. So I can understand some people in that position saying, "Look, we we can't have one religious one religious pra- or one religion practice here. Otherwise, the next thing you know, we're going to have the Church of Satan and Scientologists, and you know, um, and where was this Oregon?" Yeah. Oh, I was going to use the the Muslims, but the Oregon's people in Oregon wouldn't be freaked out about that. Texas, though. Oh my God. Here's the thing: Would you, <laughs> you have see, a problem with you, any of those people doing? Yeah, well, I personally wouldn't because I, you know, I, I don't care about any of it. But I'm just saying, from the perspective of the school, I can almost understand why they might not necessarily be doing this uh, uh, out of any disdain for any specific religion. They just don't want the headache of having to accommodate every single religion in the same way. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? I, here's the thing. He's doing it after the game. It's on the 50-yard line. If you, if somebody wants to pull out a fucking prayer mat and as a Muslim and pray on the 50-yard line or whatever they want to do, I don't. Right. I, not only do I not care, I think they should be allowed to do it. Well, I think the concern is is uh, you know well what if the you know they're they're praying a, a Christian prayer and someone's a Jew, someone's a Muslim, someone's an atheist, and they say well we're not going to be involved in that. But next thing you know, they're singled out at practice. And again. I don't care about any of it. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate on all the different issues. And it is, a, it's always a tricky issue, you know, when you're talking about these type of situations. Uh, but my natural instinct is just let everyone do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. You like, I, here's the thing. I do agree that the government shouldn't 
um, support one religion over the other, right. but it shouldn't exclude them all either. And I think that's the that that's the difference I have there is right. that you can't people can do what they want, right? So I mean, don't get me wrong. In schools, it does create a little bit of a challenge. However, the solution to that is just to get rid of public schools. But <laughs> right, you know, exactly, like, there's always, a different solution there. It always boils down to just get rid of fucking government. Yeah, you know, like get rid of no the government, government schools. No problem. <laughs> so now, in another in another Supreme Court decision. Uh, the Supreme Court deals Biden a climate uh, Biden's climate agenda a serious blow with EPA decisions. So this is the ruling in West Virginia versus the ET- EPA. The Supreme Court dealt a significant blow to the Biden administration's climate change agenda ruling Thursday that the EPA cannot pass sweeping regulations that could overhaul entire industries without additional congressional approval. The six the six three the six three decision limits how far the executive can branch and go in, in enforcing new environmental regulations on its own. Um, and it says here, capping carbon dioxide emissions at a level that will force nationwide trans- transition away from the use of coal to generate electricity may be a sensible solution to the crisis of the day. But it is not plausible that, that Congress gave the EPA the authority to adopt on its own such a regulatory scheme in Section 111D. Chief Justice Roberts said that the court's opinion referencing Section 111 of the Clean Air Act, a decision of such magnitude and consequences rests with Congress itself or an agency acting pursuant to a clear delegation of that representative body. I'm done. Okay, hold on. Now, the thing about it is this. Yeah, give us the Cliff's notes. All right. Basically, you had one side, the Obama administration, and a lot of the Democrats who want all of the rules to be done through the the, the, the bureaucracy. Yeah. And the, the, the bureaucracy that it represents. And they should have basically unlimited no. rules to do whatever they want to do. This the other side wants Congress to do it. Well, and here's the thing. Congress is Congress is the proper mode to do it. These agencies right. should not have this yeah. kind of power. It's more of a question of, of how much, how much uh, authority Congress can delegate to the EPA. Which should be none. Well, yeah. The, the, Again, the EPA shouldn't exist. you know honestly that's why i I have such a hard time talking about some of these subjects because it's just it's just like you know well yeah right (laughs) you know before the epa that the world the america was getting cleaner and cleaner and cleaner it was already happening it was Uh, happening naturally eh, regulation honestly probably sped it up it probably did. If you look but at the, the bottom, charts, it doesn't. It the, doesn't. Show the bottom line is, it's it, it, if it's what the people want, and the people want clean air and water. Eventually, they're going to get it. You yeah. Know? Well, here's the thing: how many times do you see these companies that are promoting themselves as clean and natural and things like that right. in order to cater towards the grouping of people that want to do that? Yeah, exactly. They're not actually trying to influence the EPA. They're trying to influence the buying public, their consumer base, their customer base. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they want to make sure that, uh, you know, they when, when they come to someone's town uh, to, you know, they're not going to be you know, run out on a rail. Yeah. You know, well, so, and here's the thing. So if there's you, a natural inclination. And if for, you and if you'd stop limiting the courts and give <laughs> people the ability to sue big companies that polluted places, then you wouldn't need an EPA. Or yeah. In a lot of cases, the EPA acts as a cover for the polluters. Just like it happened with the with the spill in the Gulf Coast right. or in in the Gulf of Mexico, right. is that they had a cap as to what their penalty could be. Right. Not enough to break them. Yeah. It, the penalty, if you get sued, should be enough to break you. Yeah. 
yeah. then you won't do it. Well, you, you break too many oil companies. We're in a whole different other. Uh... Well, that's a different deal. <laughs> but if you just allow everybody to start drilling, you'd have a lot better off, which is what they should do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, that's our number one. Holy uh, crap. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's we got a, a lot to get to, man. We do have a lot of stuff we didn't get we got, to. We uh, got Giuliani getting slapped on the back. QAnon's returning after their two year hiatus to the Trump land uh, episodes. And I'm going to tell you exactly why the AP are scumbags. So if you'd like to hear the second hour, to go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. We'll see you there.